0: It's now time for your Election Crimes Bulletin with Greg Palace. Ah, yes. The Election Crimes Bulletin here on Flashpoints on Pacifica Radio coming to you live from San Francisco and Los Angeles. Delighted to have Greg Palace back now. Greg, yes. are you saying that the very patriotic Coke Industries refuses to break off? Uh, It's business interests with Russia in spite of the brutality that we're seeing? Uh, Oh,
1: indeed.
0: Um, I know that
1: this will come as a shock to you, but uh, Charles Koch has decided that uh, business is is first. Um, Oh, yeah. uh, Koch, the multi-billionaire, worth about $50 billion. Now, um, Koch Industries... Has a small business in Russia called Guardian Glass. They're not going to close that down. And and the Wall Street Journal, New York Times saying, why wouldn't Coke close down this small industry? It's meaningless for its business. Well, but that's glass is not its business. Even though, of course, it's going to do very well after all the shattering of uh, kind of a crystal oh. knocks in in Kharkiv, um, you know. So I suppose it's uh, he's he's in a growth industry right now in Russia. Broken glass, but beyond the terrible and cruel joke, the real business of, of Coke Industries is, of course, Coke oil and Coke gas, and that's one hundred and fifteen billion dollars in sales. That was last year. Just imagine what it is now with the price of oil nearly doubled. So as long as the tanks roll, Coke Industries is rolling in it. And one thing I've known, you know, I did the first documentary about the Coke Brothers, the richest guys you've ever heard of, back in 1995. And as Coke said, and I got him on, on a tape recording saying, I want my fair share, and that's all of it. And so, and so and that means not only picking up the nickels in uh, in Russia itself, but, you know, ending the wars is not very profitable for an oil company. Right now, the oil companies are rolling in it as the tanks roll. And that's one of the key things. But he has a second agenda. Now, he has said, and I want to give Koch his, uh, let him speak for himself. Charles Koch said, quote, we will not curb or stop business with Russia and... I oppose Biden's sanctions against Russia. So it's not only that they won't close their company. They're against any sanctions against Russia. Now, you might say, well, that's a principled position. They're free market. They don't believe in in uh, sanctions and restrictions on markets, no matter who's um, getting their, uh, their um, apartment building blown down. Except for one thing, Dennis. They are the main supporters of sanctions against Venezuela. Now... I, can you remind me what Venezuela's big export was? What was it? I, was it broccoli? No, I think it was oil. Okay, Venezuela. was cut has, glass. It wasn't glass. <laughs> it wasn't glass. No. Um, so, uh, Venezuela has the largest reserves of oil in the planet. And we've mentioned this before that if Venezuela is allowed to unleash its oil on the market, Putin's tanks stop dead because they are running on the on the oil and gas windfall, which they're still getting from Germany. Let's not forget the oil is, and gas is literally rolling through Germany on Nord Stream One. They closed Nord Stream Two, but Nord Stream One is still happening. But the big thing is with the squeeze on the oil market, the coke industries is, is I can't even imagine they're going to hit two hundred billion this year. I am sure. And so, one of the big things that they have to stop, they have to prevent Biden from ending sanctions on Venezuela. That's Coke industry job number one. So they're not against sanctions that harm people. Now, remember, we've talked about this before. And by the way, our our last report uh, suggesting that um, the U.S. uh, open up, you know, finally make peace with Venezuela, end that embargo. Venezuela, correct me if I'm wrong, but has not invaded anyone or threatened to invade anyone. And yet we have a lockdown embargo. To understand how deep this is, Venezuela used to pump 3.2 million barrels of oil a day. Uh, Huge. By the way, their main customer was Coke Industries in Texas. Now they produce 0.2 million barrels. In other words, almost all the oil in Venezuela is locked into the ground and locked into its dead pipes. Biden... From our from flashpoints to Biden's ears, apparently he did send down a delegation from the State Department to meet with Maduro and uh, and the Venezuelan government to end what is Trump's. I don't know why Biden hasn't ended Trump's policy. Anyway, I didn't know that that Biden thought of Trump as a great foreign policy genius. It was Trump who imposed this embargo on you know stopping not medicine, food, and crucially, oil industry uh, parts and uh And also, if Venezuela sells oil, we grab that oil and grab the money from that oil. So to prevent this new rapprochement between Venezuela and um Venezuela and the u s Coke Industries has now gone into federal court to demand four hundred million dollars in Whoa. for their claim compensation for losses to their companies in Venezuela. Now here's the problem. Ven- the U.S. will never get the oil out of Venezuela if Venezuela knows that it's only going to be stuck in Coke's pocket. Now understand Coke Industries already owes Venezuela billions from oil it has taken and never paid the Venezuelan government. It's very convenient to say, ah, oh, we've embargoed these guys, you can't send them money. So Coke not only wants to keep the money that they their ill-gotten gain from Venezuela, but they're trying to block this peace agreement. It's very much the way you know, Putin has blocked our uh, impending peace agreement with Iran. Uh, Coke Industries is kind of privatizing this diplomatic um, sabotage job with Venezuela. This is a very serious business because ultimately, you can you can put sanctions on uh, on these Russian oligarchs, just like uh, Roman Abramovich now has to sell this Chelsea football club in England. Come on, mm-hmm. guys. That's not going to mm-hmm. stop the tanks from rolling. What will stop the tanks from rolling is a peace treaty, a peace agreement in this Cold War, very Cold War, brutal war against Venezuela. And, and you know, i got to tell you that this has been a crusade of Coke Industries. You know, their captive um, think tank, Cato, uh, only last year, wrote, uh, put out a, a white paper, uh, Dennis. That says, uh, called Venezuela Presents an Opportunity for Peace with Russia. And it's all about how we need to form an alliance, a military political alliance with Russia. Are you ready for this? Um, so that we can ultimately remove the elected government of venezuela
0: i kid you not this is the this is this is like a twilight crusade. zone uh, it's unbelievable so and people really don't get this and we don't have a ton of time in there i want to no. get to the other story that i want to talk to you about yes. you were alleging that it was clinton gore that uh, played a key role in empowering putin can
1: you yes, explain? and putting him in office. I mean, one uh, one thing we have uh, the only re- I'm glad you're bringing it up, mainly because something called the Petroleum Broadcast System has a program called Frontline where they allowed Bill Clinton, who is apparently an ex president of the United <laughs>
0: Frontline. States
1: Frontline. Uh, <laughs> you know, what I mean, um, you know, uh, it's going to this is a, we need a little fact injection here. Okay. They literally let Bill Clinton get on and say, you know, he talked to Yeltsin. When Yeltsin chose Putin as his running mate, he told Yeltsin, I don't think this guy is committed to democracy. You think? Now, this is Bill Clinton trying to excuse the fact that he got Putin elected. How did that happen? Let's go back to what we mentioned before, that uh, Yeltsin found himself unelectable. He was a uh, a roaring drunk uh, with five heart attacks. There was no way, and the Russian people were literally starving to death, literally starving to death. But you had his oligarchs uh, take 60% of Russia's state asset, and given that it was a Soviet state, that that's almost all the assets of the nation, were stolen by a few oligarchs. These oligarchs were panicked, and they were looking for a replacement for Yeltsin who wanted an economist, but they said, no, you have to have a Pinochet, like Augusto Pinochet, the dictator of Chile. Um, And they sent down, they actually interviewed Pinochet himself while he was under arrest for murder in Chile and said, who do we need? And he described the type of, of uh, basically a dictator for Russia. And that described Vladimir Putin perfectly. He was a minor apparatchik, but he filled the Pinochet bill. And they told Yeltsin, you have to have Pinochet as your running mate. That's the only way that we will get you reelected using what they call administrative me- measures, which is the Russian term for massive vote theft and vote suppression. Clinton not only went along with this, he sent in his, uh, you know, all his connected uh, Democratic consultants to help Yeltsin sell himself and Putin. So it was Clinton administration which went way out of its way in the ni- 1998 1999 to steal election to put Putin in office and they knew that Putin was the chosen successor so the idea that bill clinton had a moment of squeamishness it didn't stop him from helping putin take power because that protected that protected the uber capitalism that was the result of the american imposed shock therapy on that economy so dennis As you know, when I was at BBC Television, I did stories exposing the funding of Osama bin Laden. Now we have the funding, and of course, and I did stories with The Guardian on uh, the funding of Pinochet's overthrow of the elected government of Chile. And then I did stories now about Putin being, basically being chosen as the Russian Pinochet. Here's the thing, Dennis. We are always surprised in America... When, Fra- when the Frankensteins we create turn around on us, you know, it maybe we should close the Frankenstein factory. That's the end of my editorials. The important thing is that we have to understand that we had a very ugly role. Bill Clinton and Al Gore had a very ugly role in putting Putin in power and now they want to distance themselves and say oh they told Yeltsin not such a good choice. Come on guys you had complete control of that economy as, as Putin himself pointed out in his February wacko statement he basically reminded Russian people that the United States basically occupied economically occupied Russia at the end of the 90s and he will never forget it and the Russian people will never forget it.
0: No, they. and let's, let's make that point, that that decision, the way they worked with Yeltsin and then Putin, that decision, the suffering that went on through the 90s in Russia was huge. And th- this sort of gave Putin an edge, because wh- nobody could be worse than what already happened. Uh, right, so...
1: It, Exactly. So what happened is that is that uh, massive suffering. The average life expectancy dropped to for men dropped to fifty seven years, when it used to be longer than American uh, life expectancy because of a really uh, advanced medical system. So what Putin in his speech of February twenty four, I read the whole thing. He goes on and on about that uh, basically the American o- economic occupation and brutalization of Russia, and he relates that. ...to his causes belli to go into Ukraine. Now, you might say, this is a nutty connection. And it is. It's not a justification. Well, America beat us up, so now we got to beat up Ukraine. But the way he does it, uh, Putin does it, is saying, well, America beat us up, and then they created expanded NATO to continue the threat. They want to seize us again. So he's scaring the Russian people saying, unless you do something, America is going to come back and take away the food off your plate like they did before. Now, the connection is is crazy. But the history is factual. And we have to understand that. And we need I would like Bill Clinton to step up and say, "Okay, I put Putin in power. Now I'm going to take some action to protect this world against it and I you know he you know what it might you have to understand the sense of Russian humiliation is very powerful if Bill Clinton apologized that might go somewhere that might go somewhere and um, and that's not a, the great solution that I'm proposing I mean my main solution is is uh, unleash Venezuela's oil let's have peace with Venezuela and of course try to work around Russia's objection to peace with Iran, which would put another million barrels of oil today into the market if we can finally resolve uh, the agreement with Iran, which, according to the Iranian... By the way, uh, Dennis, the, according to the Iranian um, delegation to the to the um, talks and sanctions, that an agreement was reached. It would be one week to finish the details, and that's when Russia came in and objected. But again if we have that pressure from, by creating peace with Venezuela. So the solution to war here is peace,
0: starting in Venezuela. We'll take it. Uh, and that takes us to the end of the hour. Greg Pallast joins us weekly for the Election Crimes Bulletin. You could hear it every Thursday at this time. Greg Palast, as always, incredibly interesting. Thank you for the great work.
1: You're welcome, Dennis.